impaled by the weather. Oh my goodness. Uh, we, we good, we pray to the good Lord that he will, uh, bring down relief and touch these people, uh, all across the country so that they can get back to their lives. Uh, Sam, uh, the quote of the day from the Mac Prince case, um, my favorite quote, of course, as you know, is, but the Constitution protects us from our own best intentions and the crisis of the day. And then Scalia follows up with that. We adhere to that principle today and conclude categorically, as we concluded categorically in New York versus United States, the federal government may not compel the states to enact or administer a federal regulatory program, period, and end of quote. Oh, Sam, that if we, and we Sheriff, would just not only does he highlight your case, but he even has case precedent in his closing right. argument, right? Correct. New York. Uh, the, the biggest uh, 10th Amendment decisions all across the country were uh, obviously this case, the, the Mac Prince case. Uh, the only time in history where sheriffs sued the federal government and won. Again, everybody should get a copy of that case. We have it on uh, our website, cspoa.org. You should be passing these around to other public officials who believe that the federal government has a universal uh, and, and at times even unilateral authority. They do not. Uh, and it is up to the states to uh, push back and create the checks and balances on federal authority. Uh, this is amazing. This is amazing stuff that the federal government is not our boss. That is what this is about. That is what this decision states clearly that they are not. It is all about the checks and balances and the dual sovereignty. Ladies and gentlemen, understand that reality. States need to push back. States need to nullify now. And states need to realize they should not live under their delegated authority. With that, our guest, Sheriff. Well, this is amazing. Uh, we have an old friend, uh, someone who sits on the CSPOA board of directors now, uh, who uh, I've known, I think, about 15 years. Uh, his sheriff's office was one of the first to ever have our CSPOA training, and it was before the CSPOA even existed. <laughs> so, so we're really proud to have former sheriff of Elkhart County, Indiana, with us today on the show, and now current County Commissioner of Elkhart County. Uh, this this man has served Elkhart County for over 33 years, and he was in law enforcement even before that. And I would say maybe uh, uh, 30 years, 35 years in law enforcement, eight yeah, years as sheriff. Long time. Man, oh man, yes. Sheriff, former Sheriff Brad Rogers and current County Commissioner Brad Rogers, welcome to the Sheriff Max Show on Bright on TV and Liberty Roundtable. Hey, it's glad I'm glad to be with you. It's a, it's a great honor, and of course, Mac, you have been an inspiration to many sheriffs, including myself. Uh, even before I became sheriff, uh, the evolution of of my history in law enforcement, mm -hmm. and then uh, being elected sheriff, and then uh, some of the things that I did as sheriff. To, that was really uh, you were the inspiration for that, and so. Um, uh, of course, you know, focusing us back on the Constitution and states' rights mm -hmm. and knowing that local elected officials is really where I think we're going to win our liberties. 
it's not going to be in the circus in Washington. So uh, that's why I, uh, you know, in Indiana, uh, the sheriffs are two term limited. So I was limited to eight years and then I ran for county commissioner, which isn't term limited. And now I'm in a position as the executive and legislative branch of county government and then helping support the sheriff uh, who has, who replaced me. So it's, um, it's been an honor and uh, we'll continue to fight, you know, from, from anything from, from gun control to COVID nonsense to, to things that happen um, kind of at a state and county levels, commissioners can really be a big influence. And I continue to be a part of the CSPOA because of, of that very thing. And, and from my history to help, Mm -hmm light a fire to other sheriffs. Uh, How long were you in law enforcement? How long were you in law enforcement? So I was in law enforcement 35 years. Uh, and yeah. um, I started out at the University of Texas police in Houston, Texas. And I was there for about three years. And then I went to, I moved back to Indiana. I was from Indiana and I um, went, uh, started out as a patrol officer and moved up the ranks. And then I ran for sheriff and you got to watch what you ask for. Cause you might get it. Oh, and, Cause yeah. I actually won uh, the sheriff's race. So yeah. uh, did that for eight years. And then I went back, served under the next sheriff, went back as the jail mm-hmm. commander and um, it was a thousand bed jail. And so it was a big task and that was during the COVID nonsense. So uh, I had uh, my hands, uh, my work cut out for me. And then I ran for county commissioner and, and beat a 16-year incumbent basically because of my history as sheriff. So it was it was a, a good run. Well, God and, uh, bless you for your service, uh, Brad Rogers. We appreciate all that you do, and especially your continuing service as a CSPOA advisory board member. That's fantastic. Now, here's what I'd like to do. The question is, America, can she survive the corruption of Washington, D.C.? But it's really the corruption through the whole government from top to bottom. Uh, to me, the bottom of the government is your general government. Most people believe that's the top. I believe the local government is at the top. The states created the general government, not the other way around is the reason I believe this. The tail certainly does not wag the dog. And so what I'd like to do is ask you and Richard Mack this question, let you answer. Then we'll go to a couple of videos and highlight what's really going on in America now that really brings a threat to the whole nation. So, Sheriff Brad Rogers, can America survive the corruption? Well, you know, I think Mac and I kind of agree on this, that it's uh, we fear for our republic every day uh, because of some of the things that we see. But what gives us hope, what really gives us hope is the, the, the many of the 3,100 sheriffs nationwide and people like myself that are in county commissioners, county council, maybe even mayors or chiefs or things uh, that, again, we focus on our oath of office and we maintain, we uphold, defend the Constitution of the United States and, and in our case, the state of Indiana or wherever you're from. And the, that is, and Mac and I have shown how that uh, local elected officials can protect liberty and can mm-hmm. resist federal tyranny, federal overreach, and even in some cases, state and local overreach. And I have yeah. countless examples of that, and we've seen that throughout other sheriffs um, uh, throughout our nation. And so, um, I don't, I mean, you know, draining the swamp is, is a admirable thought. 
and kudos to the the fight that occurred recently with the speaker's uh, race. Um, I think that, you know, a lot of people, a lot of media uh, said how, how terrible that we're having this, this conflict. Hello, that's, that's part of the, the government uh, that is kind of nice that we have, that we had, we had conflict and we, we had uh, some resistance and um, it was all peaceful. It was all uh, uh, done uh, according to the rules. And Except for that one wacko that tried what, to attack Matt Gates, But other than that, yes. <laughs> well, he was restrained, but it, it was still ended up being peaceful, I think. But anyhow, uh, so sure. the focus is, is yeah, th- that's nice. And I hope that McCarthy and others will keep their word on those kind of things. But uh, that's yet to be seen. But in the meantime, we need uh, our local elected officials to, to keep their oath to make sure that they are the interposers and the, the people who can stand against uh, overreach. Amen. Rogers that. Amen to that. Uh, so what I find fascinating is Matt Gates and crew didn't really even want a different speaker. Uh, they acted like they were going to try to get a different speaker. But what they really wanted to do is just extract as much as they could get. And when uh, Matt Gates was asked why he decided to kind of well, some say why he reversed course. I would say why he caved. He said, I ran out of things I could even imagine to ask for. So I'm just kind of going, wow, that doesn't really seem like you wanted to replace the speaker, does it? Uh, I wish they would have held out a lot longer. Uh, I think that uh, interaction, as you wisely point out, Brad Rogers, is critical uh, to the protection of the United States and to, I believe, her longevity, ultimately. Uh, Sheriff Mack, how about you? Can America survive the corruption in D.C. and everywhere else? Well, you know, I said I said that we would not survive uh, Barack Obama, uh, especially economically. I said that there would be a huge economic collapse that because of Barack Obama's socialistic uh, spendthrift ways. Uh, and I guess we did survive, uh, and that actually brought us, and we need to remember this, uh, that actually brought us Donald Trump. Uh, Barack Obama brought us Donald Trump. Let's make no mistake about it. People were so upset with the uh, increased socialism under Obama that they were were very convinced that they had to go someplace else. Uh, so that, of course, the Democrat lost and, and uh, Donald Trump became a, a folk hero in a lot of ways uh, to the people who really believe in America. And uh, <clears throat> I guess he gave birth to MAGA, but sometimes I wonder if that isn't uh, the left's uh, media, leftist media uh, creating a lot of that. And of course they're lying, you know, and that's part of the question. Can we survive Washington, D.C. corruption? And as you alluded to, a lot of the state's corruption and the national media corruption. Can we survive all that? Well, we have been, and I believe that Brad Rogers uh, called it correct, is that the best way we do that is that we create pockets of, of constitutional republics all across the country, in Elkhart County, in Barrie County, in uh, Pinal County, and, and on and on and on with various counties. But we need that to be bigger and better and faster, and we need a place <coughs> where people who are being tyrannized and victimized by governments we need to create a place for them to turn for peace, safety, and refuge. And, and I would say this. 
we must have sheriffs and counties push back against the criminality of Washington, D.C., and the leader there is the IRS. We have put up with IRS crimes for decades, uh, maybe even a century now in this country, and we have got to protect the, the American people. I, I mean, let's look at what the Fourth Amendment says. We have a right to be secure in our papers, persons, houses, and effects. We have a right to be secure in our papers uh, and our effects. Do we have financial privacy of any kind in this country? In fact, they're trying to make uh, cash illegal so that they can track us and trace us and follow us financially every step that we take. And so, yes, I, we've got a lot of work to do, but, but Brad called it right. My answer to the question is very simple. If we, the people, turn to God Almighty, then we're on the winning side. If we don't, we're on the losing side, and that will be the quintessential decision maker, ladies and gentlemen. I believe America can survive the corruption. One of the things we need to really focus on, though, to solve this problem at every level is this double standard. If Donald Trump has some, quote, documents he's not supposed to have, what do they do? They come and raid his house. What do they do? They threaten him with jail and criminal activity and go to the courts at what happens when they find it in Biden's home. Biden's, quote, effects and paper, no problem at all. Golly, it was an oversight. Tucker Carlson drills down on this, says this may be a national security threat. Hannah? You remember back to August and the atrocities the media told us about, not in Mexico or Brazil, certainly not in Ukraine, but at Mar-a-Lago, remember that? Classified documents were discovered, illicit classified documents, including top-secret cocktail napkins at Mar-a-Lago. There was even, and we're quoting the federal indictment, a birthday dinner menu found somewhere near the First Lady's closet. Now, the Washington Post first reported that nuclear codes or Relevant nuclear material, secret ones, were discovered there, and that's why a former CIA director and Michael Beschloss, the historian, suggested it could be time for Donald Trump to be executed by electric chair. And for sure, and this was the consensus in Washington, once these documents were discovered, this crime was unearthed. There was no possibility Donald Trump could ever again run for office. He needed to go to jail. Every person connected to the Biden administration told us that, including Joe Biden himself. What data was there in there that may compromise sources and methods, Biden asked. <laughs> so as Biden was saying that, it turns out that he was, and you'll be shocked to hear this, doing exactly the same thing that he accused Donald Trump of doing. Joe Biden was storing classified documents in a private office at a fake think tank that has been set up for him at the University of Pennsylvania. That fake think tank is called the Penn Biden Center for Diplomacy and Global Engagement at the University of Pennsylvania. Now, we should tell you we don't know exactly what these classified documents are. And unlike Michael Beschloss and the former head of the CIA, we're not going to speculate. But according to CNN, they were very sensitive. Quote, the classified materials included some top secret files with the sensitive compartmented information designation, also known as SCI, which is used for highly sensitive information obtained from intelligence sources. So what exactly were these materials? Were they the nuclear codes? We're probably going to find out pretty soon because there's no question Merrick Garland will unleash one of his signature pre-dawn raids on the University of Pennsylvania at any moment. Because <laughs> it's a national security threat. Merrick Garland will get right on that. But actually, Penn may be a national security event. We know you're very impressed your nephew got in, but Penn, as an institution, 
takes an awful lot of money from the Chinese Communist Party. Not making that up. In recent years, Penn has received more than $50 million from anonymous Chinese donors. So the question is, were those donors peering at the classified documents, the national security secrets that Joe Biden had been stashing at the fake think tank that Penn set up for him? How much access did they have exactly to these documents? We're very much looking forward to the Washington Post expose on that. Subscribe to the Fox News YouTube channel to catch All right, There you go. Next- Thank you, Hannah. So, uh, Sheriff Brad Rogers, this double standard is beyond imagination. They literally raid Donald Trump, act like he's a criminal, uh, threaten even execution, jail time, etc. Now Joe's done the exact same thing. In fact, he had those documents for a whole lot longer, and now we implicate a university with ties to the Communist Chinese Party. Can we survive this, Brad? <laughs> well, yeah, I think we can survive it. But here, here's the deal: it, it just shows the the um, ironic double standard of the left. And it, it doesn't matter uh, what happens on the left; uh, they excuse everything or ignore it. Uh, where if it's on the right, um, they they buck against it. So, um, and I think that uh, the lesson to be learned here is that we on the right need to. Uh, do a better job of, of uh, standing up, and um, even if it's controversial, um, as uh, I think Mac and I have both uh, demonstrated and shown that um, we can take a stand for, for the, the right way, and uh, we are criticized for it, but in the end, we still stand. <laughs> Sheriff, well Matt. Yeah, uh, you know, Sheriff Rogers and I have discussed a lot of this before, um, maybe after the break, I want to ask him though his take on January sixth. So we can get into that for a little bit. But the yeah, double we'll standard. I want to get to the border before we get to January sixth, though. We'll do that in seconds too, because okay. of Ron DeSantis. Uh, well, but January... what do you say? Can we survive this double standard? Yeah, and I, I, I think that we are, and I, I think that we have, and I think that we can. But I think right now, I would have to say, even with all the work that we have done at the CSPOA and a lot of other national groups have done, we're sliding the other way. I mean, the the left seems to be winning. And Washington, D.C., with the corruption of uh, spending money we do not have, uh, with uh, 20 to 30 Republicans siding with the, the, the illegal criminal spending of Washington, D.C., I don't think our economy can. I don't believe our economy can withstand this much longer when your when your uh, national debt, your literal national debt, not just the uh, the proposed uh, debt, which is about 150 trillion, but the actual debt being about 32 trillion now, uh, and the GDP being uh, 20 trillion, you can't have your your economy cannot survive where the debt is. Uh, a hundred percent more than your, uh, gross national product. Uh, and your economy, an economy cannot survive that. I believe our economy is on borrowed time. And I, I am saying without question that the American economy cannot survive. Will our constitution survive that? I pray to God that it will. All right, there you have it. Now, there's an interesting headline I want to bounce off both of you gentlemen because we're being assaulted from all fronts. Biden just signed law 
putting kill switches in cars. So you think you're going to flee, Sheriff? Not so fast, my friend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I know, but Brad and I were both patrol officers. I actually beat him. I started as a parking cadet, a meter maid. So, so, but yeah, I, anything for public safety, you know, and, and I'm, I'm against that. Uh, I'm against stop and frisk with, with no probable cause. Uh, you know, law enforcement needs to clean up its own nose before they try to clean up the community's nose. Yeah, Brad I, Rogers, this, what do you think? Kill, kill switches in cars this, just put into law. Yeah, the, the kill switches. Uh, I mean, uh, that that puts control into a government's hand that that invades uh, your privacy, and and I I'm against that. So. I call it out of control, not putting control. It's out of control. The Sheriff Mac show continues in seconds with Brad Rogers and Sheriff Mac, and yours truly on your TV and radio. Tired of being surveilled and tracked by the wireless phone companies and a rogue government? Get off the surveillance grid by turning to Volta Wireless. By plugging the Volta SIM card into your phone, you become hidden from the spy networks of AT&T, T-Mobile, Verizon, and other carriers while maintaining your full ability to place and receive phone calls and SMS texts. Go to VoltaWireless.com and use discount code BTV to save big on your first month. You get free VPN services included, plus a private messenger that's encrypted, as well as another Volta private phone number that can coexist with your current number. Learn more at VoltaWireless.com and use discount code BTV for major savings. It works with both iPhones and Android phones across 200-plus countries. Volta Wireless is the official wireless privacy sponsor of Brighteon.tv. At the Brighton store, we offer a variety of colloidal silver solutions that we make in Texas using Texas rainwater and specialized circuitry that I personally designed to produce silver ions in purified rainwater. We have a colloidal silver extra strength spray, a silver-based first aid gel, as well as a colloidal silver herbal mouthwash solution that people just rave about. Each one of these is subjected to our rigorous laboratory testing for metals, glyphosate, and microbiology in order to ensure product purity and safety for your health. We manufacture our own silver products right in the heart of Texas and deliver them to you using our own warehousing and fulfillment infrastructure that we built to serve real America. All of us here at Brighteon thank you for your support. Shop our silver products at brighteonstore.com. Hey, I'm General Mike Flynn, and I just want to encourage everybody out, out there to go to Brighteon TV. Brighteon is, is awesome. It's unapologetic. It's all about the truth. They have a great... God wins in the end, and we need to align ourselves with him. The Founding Fathers did, and we must do the same. Governor Ron DeSantis ended up enacting the National Guard, folks. Why, Hannah? 
The ongoing humanitarian crisis at the southern border extends beyond just Texas and Arizona. Our Florida governor, Ron DeSantis, has activated the National Guard to help with what he calls an alarming surge of migrants landing in the Florida Keys, with most of them coming from Cuba or other Caribbean countries. Fox News correspondent Charles Watson has more tonight. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis has signed a new executive order calling on the Florida National Guard, law enforcement, and other state agencies to assist with the stream of migrants who continue to show up along the Florida coast. The state says it will now use air assets, including planes and helicopters from the Florida National Guard, and increase marine patrols to try to help intercept and ensure the safety of migrants who are attempting to reach Florida. In his announcement, Governor DeSantis did didn't mince words as he blasted President Biden and his quote-unquote lawless immigration policies. The governor saying in part, quote, I am activating the National Guard and directing state resources to help alleviate the strain on local resources. When Biden continues to ignore his legal responsibilities, we will step in to support our communities. The current wave of illegal Cuban migration to the U.S. is the largest it's been in decades. Since August, the governor says state federal and local law enforcement have encountered more than 8,000 migrants off the coast of Florida. Most are fleeing from Caribbean nations like Haiti and Nicaragua, but it's the Cuban migrants in particular who are desperate, willing to risk their lives in the open ocean to escape their country's communist government and a terrible economy. Several days of desperation, thinking that something would happen. Thank God it turned out well. The attention was really good. Everything was really good. We have nothing to complain about. Over there, we did have plenty to complain about. Yeah, and since New Year's weekend, hundreds of Cubans have arrived in boats up and down the Florida Keys. The National Guard rescued more than 300 who were stranded in the dry tortagas of remote and uninhibited Florida Island, just west of the Keys. They were transported to a border station in Key West on Thursday. The influx is certainly overwhelming local communities who become responsible for taking these folks in and caring for them. And officials say the resources just aren't there. What officials are hoping for is the White House's new plan to restrict the number of migrants from Haiti and Nicaragua and Cuba who are allowed to come into the United States will help with their problem, but that, of course, is something we'll have to wait and see in atlanta right, there you have it thank you uh, hannah so let's go to sheriff mac first and then sheriff brad rogers second sheriff well you know sam obviously uh governor DeSantis has the authority to do this uh the states are sovereign my case says they are um it, it's an amazing principle of dual sovereignty and again sam as you alluded to earlier the states form the federal government, not the other way around. They are not our boss. They are here to protect our borders. If they fail to do so, the states absolutely have the authority and the responsibility to take over. I applaud Governor DeSantis. Jeff Rogers? Uh, I concur. I, this, If I was governor, I'd be doing the same thing. This, this is uh, something that the federal government should be uh, – stemming the tide of uh, part of the, the problems that we have with, with these poor people that are coming to our, and they're looking for a better place. I get that. But as they come to our, our nation, our open border policy has facilitated these dangerous treks across sea and land and, and using coyotes and others that are um, uh, 
trafficking uh, humans. And um, if we would uh, have a policy in place and, and have border security, then we would have less of that. So I don't blame the governor and, and the governor of Texas to, to, to do these kind of things. In fact, Mac and I personally uh, saw uh, border uh, counties in Texas when we were there to teach some CSPOA uh, courses to sheriffs down there. We saw the crisis firsthand and how um, these these counties are ha- are struggling, uh, bec- uh, and many of them don't have a lot of many deputies or, sh- or, or a large uh, police force, and uh, there's uh, killings and uh, there's uh, the the mafia in Mexico or the cartel are, are coming over and and sometimes uh, threatening people. So it's it's a real crisis that that. Um, the president is is really ignoring. It's interesting to me, not only do we need to shut the illegal door because these people are being overwhelmed, there's not the resources to handle this, there's not the vetting process to make sure that the right people are coming to America and criminals and, and bad actors, the wrong people are not coming to America. So there's a lot of the checks and balances that are failing, and I hold the Biden administration uh, primarily responsible. Uh, Donald Trump did a way better job when it was his turn, but we need the nation to unite behind this. And I think one of the keys to the exercise is not to be 100% against immigration. As you mentioned, Brad Rogers, we get why people want to come here. If I had to swim the river to get here and have freedom, I'd do it too. What we need to do, though, is shut the illegal door big time and have serious, swift penalties for violation. But what we need to do, though, is open the legal door. You know what? I've driven from Montana to Texas before, and there's plenty of room in the greatest country on the face of the earth. What we need to do is make sure the right people are coming for the right reasons. We also need to make sure the right people come with sponsors or ways that they don't end up uh, on the dole as a burden to the system. We need ways to prevent bad actors from coming. Uh, We need ways to prevent people from bringing disease in. But then we need to reward those who are coming for the right reasons and can add productivity to America. What do you say to that, Sheriff Rogers? Well, I totally agree. I mean, uh, this, I mean, I have a daughter that works in the mercy room and uh, mercy rooms uh, are are being utilized as doctors uh, by, by those who can't afford it and for, and by illegals. And so it's, it's really, uh, um, uh, a crash on our system and um, the resources, as you indicated, are there's just not enough there. And, and I think the American people are very generous and we're very wanting to help people. And, but you know, you, you, if you have an invasion of you know millions, you just can't help all these people. And in fact, many of them are going to be suffering as a result of it. So we need a, a, a better structure in place. I liken it to my bank account. You know, if I stand on the street of L.A. and give a dollar to anybody that walks by, pretty soon my bank account's gone, and I can't help anybody else. On the other hand, if I wisely help with the resources that I have and I measure them and I make sure that as I, you know, use them wisely but I prosper them, then I can help a lot of people for a long time. And that's really what we're talking about, Sheriff Mack. Yeah, it is, and uh, I don't know if, if both of you remember my degree in college is, was in Latin American studies. I have spent considerable time in Latin America and I lived near the border uh, for most of my life. Uh, I love these people and I certainly understand why they want to come here. Uh, no problem with that. But the United States government has never really addressed the problem 
of why people want to come here in the first place and to help their countries uh, become, you know, Washington, D.C., helping other countries become less corrupt. That's a good one uh, because we have joined the, the banana republic's corruption. But the, the thing of it is, if we would address opportunity and freedom and prosperity in these Latin American countries uh, that, that their people want to leave, that should be addressed first. And if there was any real diplomacy and leadership in Washington, D.C., that is what we would be doing. All right. Well, you know that Joe Biden just went down to the border, brethren. And when he went, as oh, far brother. as I understood, they cleaned up the streets. They hid everything from him. Joke. Uh, and he basically went there. It, it was a waste of time. There was no yeah. real discussion at all. No. And he didn't at all uh, see what's really going on at the border. Why would the governors do that? No. He helped. He actually helped uh, open up more avenues for people to come in. That's all he did. Uh, and he tried to say, well, we need to make it orderly. Uh, wh- what a farce. Uh, this man is a traitor. Mallorca is a traitor. What they've done to America with this open border policy is absolutely criminal uh, and treasonous. And it, it, this is, again, just the indication of the hypocrisy and corruption of Washington, D.C., the leftist media, uh, and the socialists in Washington, D.C. No. I really can't tap that. That's well said. Sam, are you frozen? Looks like Sam might be frozen. But anyway, Sheriff Rogers, uh, County Commissioner Rogers, I've always wanted to ask you, what is your take on January 6th? What do you think really happened? And, and I don't know your, I don't know the answer to this. And, and they say you're not supposed to ask a question that that you don't know the answer to. Sheriff Rogers, uh, County Commissioner Rogers, what is your take on January 6th? What happened and the response of the FBI? Give us your opinion and your view on all of that. Well, as, and you and I both know that neither one of us was there. So that's that was for starters. Well, that's what I wanted uh, you to make clear. But, now, wait a minute, though. You had to have been invited about 20 times like I was. But uh, you refused yeah, to go. I suppose I was, that. but. Yeah, I, I thought that it would not be a good thing, and uh, I decided to stay home. So, um, but um, peacefully assembling is is in our Constitution, and obviously some of those people um, entered the Capitol uh, improperly. And, uh, you know, so and we've also seen that some may have been invited in, and um, – uh, there was obviously some violence, and, and certainly people should be held accountable for for those um, incursions and, and uh, the violent uh, behaviors. Uh, but we also haven't seen the whole story. And, um, you know, these January 6th hearings by the Democrats have, have uh, shown what has not been displayed, and that is video, internal videos and things of that nature that I hope that that now that the Republicans have the House, that maybe we can see some of that stuff and, and balance that out a little bit more of what actually happened and get a truer picture. That's, uh, again, you know, as Mac, as you and I both know, we, as sheriffs, we dealt with evidence. Let's look at the evidence. And uh, yeah. unfortunately, um, the January 6th hearings were more of theatrics. 
Yeah, well, you know, it's amazing to me that they could ever have a hearing, which was even borderline trial, and they picked the people to be in charge of it, all the enemies, the staunch enemies of President Trump. I mean, I thought we got rid of that. I thought we got rid of trials that were uh, completely done with juries that were prejudiced against the accused. This is the this takes it to the tenth power. We want all the enemies of the president to be at this hearing to present their evidence, and the the president is allowed to present nothing. And yeah. and so, well, the problem uh, is what a sheriff. What a complete the problem is the lies about the January 6th and they continue. It's the deep state. Uh, the question becomes, will the Republicans really turn this around and make a difference? For example, Ray Epps. OK, Ray Epps is a yeah. suspected federal agent. He exhorted crowds on January 5th and 6th to literally storm the Capitol. He's on video doing so. Uh, he is uh, caught whispering in people's ears on video, and right when he whispers in their ears, they go and literally start removing barricades and breaching um, the perimeter, etc. But he's never even been charged with a crime. When um, when congressmen and senators ask about this, literally uh, on the congressional floor where they're having hearings. All the government says is, hey, we can't talk about that, Ted Cruz. We're not going to talk about that. We're not going to answer any questions at all. So I don't see how we even get to the bottom of it when we can't get to the truth. How do you arrest these people, let them all rot in prison for a couple of years, claim they're guilty of some insurrection, but yet let Ray Epps continue to run around? It is so blatant and documented on video. Gentlemen, Sheriff Mack. Well, I wanted to ask one other thing. Uh, to, to Sheriff Rogers. Now, Ashley Babbitt was shot and killed by a Capitol Police officer. What is your take on that? Well, again, I don't know that we have all the facts, but it, it appears that there there was, she was, it appears that she was unarmed, at least that's what we, what we know. And then um, there was a shooting that occurred. Well, uh, in any law enforcement type shooting there's an investigation there should be some transparency and uh revealing of the facts and those have just uh it appears to me that they've been uh, by and large covered up and uh so um i'm not suggesting that ashley did everything right or that maybe she did some things wrong i don't know but uh we don't know all the facts and uh the same way with the officer the officer works for the people and uh, there should be uh, a, a clear accounting of, of that officer's uh, conduct. And my guess is there may even be some video of it. So those are things that uh, just kind of concerns me that, that we haven't gotten to the truth on that. Well, the government wants to fix all the information for the next 50 years plus, Sheriff. Oh, yeah, for sure. But uh, one other question uh, about uh, all of that. When the FBI started arresting people nationwide, in fact, some in California, they actually handcuffed children when they went in to do search warrants in people's homes. But but did the FBI violate constitutional laws protecting uh, people's rights for extradition? No extradition was allowed. No talk of extradition was allowed to any of the arrestees. Did the FBI violate the law when they ignored or disallowed extradition processes for people arrested for January 6th. What's your take? 
Well, I, I think yes. I mean, the extraditions are, again, we're talking state sovereignty. Individuals in states uh, are in a sovereign state. Those governors uh, work with extraditions, and there's yeah. processes in place in all, all 50 states. And uh, so all they have to do is, is go through that process. And typically, it, uh, so someone is easily extradited, but in, their, in that process, there's due process, and rights are protected in, in that. And uh, we didn't see any of that. Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, thank you for that, Brad. And and now you've you've brought up the word governor about three or four times during the past 35, 40 minutes. And I have asked you this before, and you've been a little bit evasive in your response. First of all, you win everything you run for, and you uh, actually win quite handily in landslides. I believe that you would be a very viable uh, candidate for governor of Indiana. Are you considering such? And how much do we we have to push you to do that? <laughs> well, thank you for that honor. I I, uh, I think my my wife would, would probably not be real happy if I ran for governor. But I think that um, you know I think the Lord has me where I'm at right now as county commissioner, and I that's where He wants me to be. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily say I'd rule it out, but. Um, I always try to keep my uh, opponents guessing, and uh, we'll see. I, I think uh, uh, time will tell. I mean, the next governor's uh, race is in two years, and uh, we've already got people that are jockeying in position for that, uh, Senator Braun, and and then the uh, the lieutenant governor is is running, and they've already declared that. Uh, obviously, they yeah, have the millions of dollars. Good old boys' network is in line. Yeah, pretty much, <laughs> and um, – I don't have millions and millions of dollars in, in my coffers. So we'll, we'll see how uh, the Lord leads in the future. But uh, for now, I'm going to continue as county commissioner. And people have even asked me if I'm going to run for sheriff again. And uh, I, I, we'll, we'll see about that. But I, I doubt it. But we'll, I, I really have enjoyed county commissioner and the role that, that commissioners can support sheriffs. And, and, and still, I think, as Mac, as you have demonstrated, uh, being a past sheriff, um, you're always a little bit of, uh, you know, you know, people might look at you, well, you might be a has-been, but there's a lot of experience there that we can bring to the table and share with, with others. And um, so we'll just continue to try to be a constitutional servant. How's that? All right. I got two questions left before the end of the hour. What do we do with the Ray Epps when we don't know if he's a government asset? He's a suspected federal agent. He's literally on video as one of the provocateurs, to say the least. Evidence everywhere. The government has mums the word, won't talk. But yet, at the same time, we have him on video committing criminal activities. Um, what do we do with that, Sheriff? Do we just sit by and let it go? Or what can the people do to to create a an accountability here? Sheriff Rogers. Well, I... That's a good question. I, I, you know, when you have Department of Justice or FBI that that seems to want to ignore facts, and um, you know they've been involved in uh, everything from violating people's First Amendment rights to uh, you know coordinating with 
organizations like Twitter and others. I don't know. It's just um, I don't know if we have a, a, a if this if there's a state law that, that EPS is violated that we could have a sheriff uh, investigate. But I'm telling you, um, those are things we need to continue to put pressure on our Congress uh, to make sure that they're overseen and hopefully uh, someday uh, people are brought to justice. Because, Sheriff Mack, if we don't get a handle on this, you literally have people breaking the law in the video. The government turns a blind eye while they prosecute people that weren't even accountable or responsible at all, that were peaceful. This is absolutely shameful. And if we don't get a handle on this, I, I predict things don't go well in the future if we want peace. No, and we need to remember that peace and prosperity are results uh, of freedom, liberty. And that's why America is struggling so much now is because we are destroying the principles that America was founded upon. And if we really want peace and prosperity, we've got to get back to the Constitution. Amen. And we got to get back to the Ten Commandments, believe it or not. The Sixth Commandment, thou shalt not kill. Believe it or not, thou shalt not kill posters being created in Washington, D.C. Can they help curb gun violence? Ten seconds. Yes. Sheriff Rogers. Well, I, I doubt that's going to help curb it, but I think it's kind of uh, comical that the left uh, has tried to force Ten Commandment monuments away from places, and now they want to put it up uh, to, to reduce violence. That's precious. CSPOA.org. Thank you, gentlemen. As the United States boldly stepped forward in the glorious light provided by its new constitution in 1787, the nations of the earth were in awe of the newfound strength and hope of this free land. Today, the nation stands at a crossroads. A divergence from the original intent put forth in the United States Constitution has brought grave threats to our beloved nation. A miracle is needed if the United States is to survive. That miracle is again the pure application of the United States Constitution. I'm Scott Bradley. In my To Preserve the Nation book and lecture series, I bring forth truths that will help raise up a new generation of statesmen like those noble Americans who founded this land. Vigorous application of these principles will invigorate and restore the nation, and we may become again the freest, most prosperous, most respected, and happiest nation on earth. Visit topreservethenation.com to begin that restoration. This is a battle a battle between truth and deceit, a battle between forces that would enslave this country in darkness and between a media that wants to present you with the truth. We are being censored. America's news outlets no longer provide the truth. 90% of news outlets in the United States are controlled by six corporations. The mission of the Epic Times is to chase the truth, to ground all statements in fact. TheEpicTimes.com Wow, ladies and gentlemen, we have so many things going on. It's not even funny at the CSPOA, at the Sheriff Mack Show, 
at Liberty Roundtable Live, our nationally syndicated radio show. Man, oh man. So we just took the stream from Brighty on TV and we restreamed that baby onto the Liberty Roundtable Live Facebook page. So now you're getting more TV, more radio, more video. I'm also doing videos. Uh, not enough of them. I need more time. But I'm starting to do videos for a shortened Liberty Roundtable video channel. That's up on YouTube and, and on um, Rumble and several places. Uh, the radio show is doing phenomenal. The TV shows doing phenomenal. This coming Friday, we're supposed to add a radio station, and on Fridays, we'll be adding a third hour to the broadcast as well. I haven't even had time to tell my producers about this, so they're probably going, what? Yeah, man, things are going so fast and furious, we can't even keep up on it. It's incredible. But yesterday, we talked to Lowell Nelson, CampaignForLiberty.org, and Dr. Scott Bradley for two hours. We talked about concessions made in the battle for the Speaker of the House. They never even intended to get a different speaker, folks. They just wanted to garner concessions. And is that enough from the corrupt deep state? See, I don't think so. If America's to survive, we've got to get good, honest, constitutional patriots that believe in their oath of office in place, not just folks that make concessions behind the scenes. We also attended the Eagle Forum annual conference, and, man, that was wonderful. We talked about Tim Ballard of Operation Underground Railroad. He warned us that age fluidity is the next thing. So just so you guys know, man, I just turned 25. Isn't that incredible? <laughs> yeah, the reason they want age fluidity along with gender identity mix-up is because then they can be involved sexually with underage children. But, of course, see if they identify as old enough, then you're okay, right? Yeah, many laws against sex with minors will be jettisoned. If teenagers can identify as a, say, 25-year-old or something like that, then the predator who abuses her cannot be prosecuted for having sex with a, quote, minor, right? Sounds outlandish, but it's coming to a theater, I'm sorry, to a perverted place near you. We also talked about he ended his presentation with a warn against pedophilia. Pedophilia, believe it or not, um, is the kind of an end for a society. When they start to embrace pedophilia, the society simply goes south and self-destructs. We also heard from David Barton, who reminded us that the founders read the Bible a lot. Not only did they read the Bible, but they memorized Bible verses as well. So he challenged all of us to read the Bible and to memorize Bible verses. There is power, ladies and gentlemen. And he continued saying, schools in the early days of our republic tested students annually on four main documents. Are you ready? The Declaration of Independence, the U.S. Constitution, the State Constitution, and George Washington's Farewell Address. He challenged us each to read scriptures every single day and to memorize verses and to familiarize yourself with those core documents. We also talked about Marlowe Oaks highlighted ESG, that's Environmental Social Governance, and he quoted James Madison, who said, Crisis is the rallying cry of the tyrant. You heard me. Crisis is the rallying cry of the tyrant. Boy, how did we have a lot of tyrants today, huh? So we need to re think about COVID lockdowns and vaccine mandates, etc. They're certainly calling for the crisis. They can manipulate us into believing that there exists a crisis. And then they can impose nearly any tyrannical measure 
on us without enough of us even fighting back to stop them. Jenny Strack recommended that we visit heritageaction.com. There you'll find a seven-point agenda to save America. Bobby Clayson talked about the coming food crisis. Yeah, for a lot of reasons, economic and otherwise. The destruction of, of uh, food plants, etc. Marilee Boyack of Pro-Life Utah described our future post Roe versus Wade. Yeah, with the decision, they stopped the killing of babies for two days, and then with the judge, they just continued murdering babies wholesale. And now when we talk about chemical abortions, pills, death pills, murder pills, being sent across state lines by your federal government in bed with the post office to mail those drugs in states that have outlawed them. The federal government says it's not against the law for us, and we don't care about your state laws. Folks, this is dangerous, to say the least. Delane England then gave us an excellent preview of what they call HB 101 in Utah. It's a vaccine passport prohibition uh, law, which we desperately need in uh, Utah and in the Republic. We have got to stop the mandate of vaccinations that are harmful to your health, proven so nowadays, and also then the passports, which basically says, hey, if you can't document that you've had a vaccine, and you can't prove that on demand, then, hey, you can't travel or you can't whatever the heck the future holds for you cannot do. Uh, and that is the big concern. So a great two-hour show yesterday. An incredible first hour with the Sheriff Mack show today with Sheriff Mack and Brad Rogers and others. And now we move forward with a second hour. And if I got a bunch of interesting stuff just for you coming up for that second hour, but, man, we had Brad Rogers doing a great job. Brad Rogers is one of our new CSPOA board members. I don't know if you know who's on the CSPOA board, but if you become a member of the CSPOA, CSPOA.org today, then you can join us on the posse coming up in a couple of hours here, and we can talk about that board membership and what it's all going to mean and what we're going to do uh, and a whole lot more. America, can she survive the corruption of Washington, D.C., was the question for the first hour. I say it's a resounding yes if. We turn to God Almighty. You want to get the CSPOA SMS updates? Simply text the letters CSPOA to three, or I'm sorry, to five three four four five. That's five three four four five. I'm Sam Bushman for Sheriff Mack, for Brad Rogers, and for Sam Bushman. We declare this nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States of America. Thanks for listening to the Loving Liberty. Radio Network, LovingLiberty.net. Atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk radio Show. Talk Show. All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman, live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refused to use. No doubt continues now. This is the broadcast for January the 10th in the year of our Lord. 
2023. This is our two of two, and the goal always to promote God, family, and country, and to protect life, liberty, and property, and to do so on your radio in the traditions of our founding fathers. Ladies and gentlemen, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution, the United States of America as our guide. We use the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the founders, and we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration. But you know what, ladies and gentlemen? Most Americans in January the 6th were trying to peacefully restore the republic. Most of them were not criminals at all. There were agent provocateurs on January 6th, but the lies from government are relentless. The lies from the Joe Biden administration and the deep state just won't stop. Tucker Carlson did an incredible expose on this. We're going to play this, and then I'm going to break it down further in seconds on your radio. Tucker? Good evening, and welcome to Tucker Carlson tonight. Kevin McCarthy's continued attempt to become Speaker of the House continues at this hour. The House is expected to take another vote late tonight. You'll see it live here on Fox, of course. But first, an anniversary. Two years ago today, a Capitol Hill police officer called Michael Byrd shot an unarmed woman in the neck. At the time of that killing, Byrd had a documented history of gross negligence with a firearm. He left a loaded Glock pistol in a public men's room at the Capitol, which for a law enforcement official is a firing offense. But for some reason, Michael Byrd was still in the force that day. The woman he killed was called Ashley Babbitt. Babbitt was a married 14-year veteran of the U.S. military. She ran a pool cleaning company with her husband in San Diego. Physically, she was tiny. She was also unarmed. Michael Byrd later admitted he had no indication at all that Babbitt was carrying a weapon. She posed no visible threat. He killed her anyway. Under normal circumstances, Byrd would have been fired immediately and charged with murder, which he clearly committed. But that's not what happened. After doing essentially no investigation into the shooting, Nancy Pelosi's congressional police force declared Byrd a national hero, and the media strongly agreed. Byrd went on television to accept accolades and to complain about racism. He was never punished for killing Ashley Babbitt. He was rewarded for it. Ashley Babbitt's mother, meanwhile, got a very different sort of treatment. Babbitt's mother was arrested today in Washington by the Capitol Police. Her crime? trying to hold a memorial service for her daughter. Two years later, it's clear that Ashley Babbitt is, her death is by far the most significant thing that happened at the U.S. Capitol building that day. But at the same time, it is the least talked about event of January 6th. Why is that? Well, because the facts about what actually happened on January 6th disrupt the lies, what they've told you happened on January 6th. And those lies have proven very useful to the Biden administration and to permanent Washington. On the basis of a wholly created myth about what happened that day, the Biden Pentagon conducted an unprecedented political purge of the entire U.S. military. The FBI and various intel agencies increased their control over the American media. And most obviously, the DOJ has been allowed to prosecute and jail hundreds of nonviolent political protesters whose crime was having the wrong opinions. Lies about January 6th, which have been re relentless, have enabled some of the most unscrupulous people in our country to make a mockery of our Bill of Rights and to steal our core freedoms. So they can't talk about Ashley Babbitt. Talking about Ashley Babbitt makes it very clear who the real culprits are and who the real threats to this country continue to be. And they're not the January 6th protesters. So instead, they lie about what happened that day, and they do it in the boldest possible ways, without shame and with maximum aggression. 
Here's Hakeem Jeffries, leader of the Democrats in the House, telling you that five police officers were killed on January 6th, when in fact the real total is zero. We are gathered here to honor their memory and acknowledge with deep gratitude the tremendous bravery of the hundreds of officers who defended us at this citadel of democracy that fateful day. As a result of the events on January 6th, the lives of five heroic officers were lost. Five heroic officers were lost, he said. It's almost impossible to believe that adults could stand behind him as he said that, because everyone in the picture you just saw knows that is not true. It's not a stilted interpretation of events. It's a flat-out lie. No police officers were killed on January 6th, period. Ashley Babbitt was killed on January 6th. But chances are your grandchildren will not know that, because history will likely record the lie you just heard as true simply because it's been repeated so often. Everyone in authority has said the same thing in unison for two solid years. As our thoroughly dishonest attorney general recently put it, quote, we will never forget the five officers who responded selflessly on January 6th and who have, and who have since lost their lives. His boss, Joe Biden, repeated that lie today from the White House. These people and the people representing those who couldn't be here because they gave their lives for this, did is incredibly consequential. And that's not political talk, that's historical fact. That's historical fact, says Joe Biden, as he manufactures history, as he tells lies. They've been doing this, telling these same lies since the very first day, January 6th, 2021, almost like it was a coordinated operation. Remember when they told you that Brian Sicknick, Officer Brian Sicknick, was beaten to death with a fire extinguisher? Officer Sicknick died after being hit in the head with a fire extinguisher. Sicknick died after being hit in the head with a fire extinguisher. Officer Brian Sicknick died after being hit in the head with a fire extinguisher during the hours-long attack. They beat a Capitol Police officer to death with a fire extinguisher. Officer Brian Sicknick died after being hit in the head with a fire extinguisher during the fight. He died at the age of 42 after he was bludgeoned with a fire extinguisher. That's not true. And in the end, thanks to the medical examiner in the District of Columbia, we learned the fact, which is that Brian Sicknick died of a stroke well after the January 6th protests. He was not beaten to death with a fire extinguisher. But that did not stop their lying or even slow them down. Joe Biden just awarded one of this country's highest civilian honors, the Presidential Citizens Medal, to officers working on January 6th. And that would include the officers who opened the doors of the Capitol building to the so-called insurrectionists. The officers who let them inside and then were rewarded for it by the President of the United States. What's going on here, you may wonder? Well, don't ask. You're not allowed to know what's going on here. Nor can you know about the very obvious clandestine role of federal agencies that encouraged the events of January 6th. That happened, but its details have never been explained. A lot has still not been explained from that day, despite a committee that was impaneled for more than a year. For example, you remember the pipe bomber who planted explosives outside the Democratic National Committee? Well, those explosives, it turns out, were under a bench at the same moment that Kamala Harris who had Secret Service protection with her, who swept the building, was there. So how did the U.S. Secret Service miss a bomb sitting in plain sight 
during its security sweep? Well, we can't answer that because the FBI still, to this day, refuses to release all the security footage. Why? What's going on here? Almost unique among media outlets, Revolver News asked that question. The pipe bomber even looks at camera to head on, for some reason. It's very frustrating, because we can't see the moment the pipe bomber plants the pipe bomb, but the FBI can. That's because the whole scene should be captured on camera 1 as well, and much more clearly than camera 2. Camera 1 has a clear shot of both benches. If the FBI released the full tape from camera 1, we could see the pipe bomber planting the bomb. So somebody planted bombs outside the headquarters of this country's two main political parties. That would seem to be a big story. And yet no one ever mentions it again, including the FBI. In fact, the Bureau won't disclose any information about the suspect, not his height, weight, shoe size, anything. So if they wanted to catch this person, wouldn't they be telling you all they can about who it is? But they're not. Why aren't they? And what was Kamala Harris doing there? Why did she lie about being there? We can't answer those questions. We should be able to. Nor does anyone in authority want to talk about Ray Epps. Ray Epps, of course, is the man who was caught on tape encouraging the crowd outside the Capitol, both on January 5th and 6th, to commit felonies by rushing inside. Now, what's interesting is that the January 6th committee, under public pressure, did in the end interview Ray Epps. Now, we don't have all of the committee's records about that interview. We should, but we don't. But some uh, have been released, and what they tell is a remarkable story. In the testimony that we have, the committee coaches Ray Epps on how to answer questions about his involvement. Quote, I was in the front with a few others. I also orchestrated it. I helped get people there. End quote. Now, Epps admitted that in a text message to a relative on January 6th. He's admitting crimes. He's never been even charged for those crimes. But what's so fascinating is that when those facts came up in his interview with the committee, someone on the committee responds this way, and we're quoting, I just want to understand a little more your use of the word orchestrated. It sounds to me like at this point, when you sent this text, you had turned away in part because of seeing some things that you didn't agree with. Is that right? Like when you sent this, you were already on your way from the Capitol because of concerns of people taking it in a different direction. <laughs> <laughs> is that the most leading question ever asked in the history of a congressional hearing? Probably. And the whole interview goes on like this. Keep in mind. All right. Le le welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We'll finish this clip in just a second. I want to take this break. But look, Ray Epps clearly is in bed with the government on this. From the leading questions to the videos from Revolver magazine to the questions asked by Ted Cruz and others. As Tucker says, what is going on here? Answer, your government has gone flat out criminal. Do you treasure your liberty? Well, at LovingLiberty.net, we most certainly do. And we want to help protect your liberty, too. Become part of the family. Everyone knows that the core of any society is the family. Therefore, the government should foster and protect the integrity of its family. We the people. Won't you join us as a Loving Liberty sponsor to help us promote the principles in the 5,000-year leap? Let's restore the miracle that changed the world at LovingLiberty.net. 
As you are aware, America is divided over every fault line possible. This is intentionally fostered by those who do not love God, family, or country. We believe a peaceful future as a free people absolutely depends on civility. Clarion Call for Civility is looking for funding and volunteers at every level to make our hopes and efforts a reality. Please donate, sign our pledge, and help us in our sacred cause. Please visit callforcivility.com for more details. Callforcivility.com. Okay, girls, about finished with your lesson on money. Daddy, what is a buy-sell spread for gold coins? Well, when you sell a gold coin to a coin shop that's worth, say, $1,200, you don't actually get $1,200. But don't worry, we're members of UPMA now, so we don't have to worry about that. Daddy, what if somebody steals our gold? We don't have any gold at the house. It's stored safely in the UPMA vault, securely and insured. But the S&P 500 outperformed gold. Daddy, gold is a bad investment. Some people do think of it that way. But actually, gold is money. And as members of the United Precious Metals Association, we can use our gold at any store, just like a credit card. Or I can ask them to drop it right into Mommy and Daddy's bank account, because we're a UPMA member family. Find out more at upma.org. That's upma.org. Live and on your radio, we're playing this incredible Tucker Carlson clip. Uh, and the reason we're playing it, folks, is, look, I don't have the staff to get all those sound bites, that montage that he played of government officials in bed with the media literally lying over and over and over about how many police officers died on January 6th. Okay? Tucker Carlson talks about the lies of January 6th have been relentless. And he documents it so well, it's not even funny. And I bring it up because we really need to work together with Glenn Beck, Tucker Carlson, Liberty Roundtable Live. We need to start to really have the new media take center stage. Okay, more Americans are realizing. And if we have enough media, they can't tell their lies and get away with it because we'll catch them at it. We'll call a halt to their con game. Tucker doing a great job. His interview continues now. Someone on the committee responds this way, and we're quoting. I just want to understand a little more your use of the word orchestrated. It sounds to me like at this point, when you sent this text, you had turned away in part because of seeing some things that you didn't agree with. Is that right? Like when you sent this, you were already on your way from the Capitol because of concerns of people taking it in a different direction. (laughs) Is that the most leading question ever asked in the history of a congressional hearing? Probably. And the whole interview goes on like this. Keep in mind, Rapps is one of the only people caught on camera that day encouraging others to break the law. He's one of the only ones. And yet he's never been charged. And the January 6th committee was on his side. Why was the committee and its members working so hard to help Ray Epps? Now, in his interview with the committee, Ray Epps said he didn't work for law enforcement. Law enforcement in a very specifically worded answer, clearly thought through ahead of time. The question is, did Ray Epps work or have any contact with any government agency? Did he talk about January 6th, before it happened, with any employee of the U.S. government? We don't know. We do know that two years after January 6th, long after an awful lot of other people have gone to jail for walking around the Capitol building, 
Ray Epps is still a free man. He's never been charged, much less imprisoned in solitary confinement like so many others. Why is that? Well, let's just stop lying. At this point, it's pretty obvious why that is. But of course, they're still lying about it. Subscribe to the Fox News YouTube channel to catch our nightly opens. All right, there you have it. Tucker Carlson doing a phenomenal job breaking that down. And I usually don't play long clips like that from other hosts. I do on occasion when it's justifiable. And in this case, Tucker deserves a kudos. That is an incredible breakdown. Really asking, why would the government protect Ray Epps? Why would the government help with those kind of manipulated leading questions? Why would the government literally not have answers? Uh, Hey, I didn't work with law enforcement. Well, maybe not. It all depends on how you define law enforcement. But is the CIA law enforcement? Is the Justice Department law enforcement? Uh, Is Homeland Security law enforcement? Because you've got to understand some of these agencies are unconstitutional in the first place, right? <clears throat> anyway, I bring all this up because, look, folks, unless we can get to the bottom of this January 6th thing, we've got a problem. They're literally still going after Donald Trump because of this January 6th thing. Lying about police officers dying. Literally the murder of Ashley Babbitt being covered up and not talked about. Literally the uh, manipulation of the truth on January 6th of who was innocent and who was guilty and what happened and why. And you've got the government narrative and then you've got new narratives being brought forward with some of the footage and evidence. Uh, The Epic Times has a video telling the other side of the story. It's probably one of the best ones out so far. But again, the question becomes, what about all the thousands of hours of recordings that the government will not release? What about the testimony that's damning, to say the least, that we can't get at as the American people or the media or alternative media, at least? What about this idea that, you know what, there was a bomb right outside of the Republican Democrat, so both parties, the people's house or the people's capital, whatever you want to call it, um, and they did a sweep, but yet they didn't find it? But yet we can't see the cameras that would have shown that there and who planted it. It would have shown the sweep. And did they ignore it? Did it appear after the sweep, before the sweep? Who put it there? How? See, all this video evidence would prove these things. And what I find even most fascinating is it reminds me of the Oklahoma City bombing or 9-11 or some of these other, you know, they say we're in a conspiracy theory on this, right? But I'm not here to talk about conspiracy theory. I'm just here to know what happened. I'm just here to know what happened. I'm not here to manipulate the truth, but I don't believe the government official story. Why don't I believe the government official story? Because they lie, lie, lie. And the more these events occur, the more your government lies and gets caught in blatant lies. Look, Revolver Magazine has Ray Epps on video literally breaking the law, as Tucker says. But yet your government is helping Ray Epps stay free. You literally have a bomb planted outside of the Capitol. But we're literally going to get Donald Trump, who wasn't even there, and say he was the lead insurrectionist? We're going to literally lie and say five police officers were murdered that day by the, quote, insurrectionists but yet the truth is nobody was murdered that day no cops whatsoever 
We're going to literally attack the Oath Keepers and claim they created an insurrection, but yet they had no weapons on site. You had an unarmed insurrection. You're literally going to accuse the Oath Keepers of, of somehow wanting to down America or attack the Capitol, but yet you have evidence on video of Oath Keepers rescuing police officers and bringing them to safety. You literally uh, have your government, when people ask about Ray Epps and the criminal activity that we see him engaged in on video, where he whispers in people's ears and then they go start to dismantle the barricades, etc. You literally have police officers inviting people into the Capitol. Okay, my dear friend Victoria literally was pushed into the Capitol. She was trying to stop the Trump pretenders from their criminal activities. And she got forced into the Capitol and eventually arrested and then eventually let go. She's in the video that the Epic Times produced. She was on this radio program the very day after it all happened. Why? Because I know her. That's why. And I called them up and said, what the heck went down? And they said, you know what? She went into the Capitol. She didn't really mean to, but she got pushed in there. What about the Ashley Babbitt? No threat to this cop, but yet he murders her. What about his history of, of gun lapses or whatever you want to say that should have got him fired long before this uh, experience or this episode? Where do we go here when the government is this guilty of criminal activity? Will the new Republican Congress really get to the bottom of it and do any good and create accountability? Will people go to prison for their criminal acts or not? I don't know, ladies and gentlemen, but I sure pray so, because if we literally have the president of the United States, a sitting president, considered an insurrectionist on false pretenses, we literally have Joe Biden and crew committing election fraud by using the mainstream press and social media in bed with the FBI and others to manipulate the information against Donald for Joe. Is that election fraud? At what point do we say we don't even have a legitimate sitting president anymore? At what point do we say, look, the government is committing criminal activity with Twitter, Facebook, Violating our First Amendment rights, but even our First Amendment right to peacefully assemble. They've now turned it into you're an insurrectionist. Doesn't matter what intent you went there with or how peaceful you wanted to be. Some people might have got caught up in the excitement of it all and done some stupid things. But that isn't criminal insurrection activity at all. In fact, evidence when discussing with the Oath Keepers and others, there's evidence that they, even insiders, even plants for the government that were embedded with the Oath Keepers and with the, um, oh, the Oath Keepers and the uh, Proud Boys, literally saying, look, there's no evidence that they create an insurrection at all, but that completely being ignored. Stuart Rhodes going to prison, but Ray Epps running free while the government committee continues to cover up. Will this Republican Congress have a new committee to get to the bottom of the other side of the story? I doubt it. I doubt it. You still got Kevin McCarthy at the helm. It reminds me of like the Warren Commission in yesteryear, the murder of JFK, or in modern times, the Oklahoma City bombing or the 9-11 events or some of these other events. Charlottesville leading up to January 6th. The government is trying to prevent 
all of our five First Amendment rights. Locking us down on COVID. You can't go to church, but you can go to a bar and get a lap dance. Folks, we have gone criminal and immoral in America. And until we create accountability for those criminals and use our moral compass and turn back to God, pardon the pun, but we's in trouble, baby. Liberty Roundtable, live. Pursuing Liberty, using the Constitution as our guide. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News, I'm Lance Pry. Top secret documents from Biden's vice presidential days were discovered in November before the midterm elections and kept secret until this week. The roughly one dozen top secret documents were found in a closet at his think tank in Washington, D.C., and were there probably since 2017. The National Archives are now in possession of the documents. Wasting no time, Republicans went to work and passed a bill Monday night that would slash tens of billions of funding dollars for the Internal Revenue Service that the Biden administration thought was a good idea. It now heads to the Senate. Senate House Republicans passed a rules package Monday reversing a Nancy Pelosi-era rule that made it difficult for removing a Speaker of the House, now allowing one member of Congress to initiate a removal instead of the handful Pelosi put in place during her term. Around 90% of Californians are under a flash flood watch. That's around 35 million people facing the risk as torrential downpours and powerful winds continue to hit the Golden State. Santa Barbara County Sheriff Bill Brown says they're evacuating the area as the brunt of the storm takes aim at Central and Southern California. The entire community of Montecito is ordered evacuated and evacuated now. The National Weather Service warned residents to prepare for power outages and dangerous driving conditions. Football player Damar Hamlin continues to improve. Dr. William Knight of the University of Cincinnati Medical Center said Hamlin returned to his home city and is starting the next phase of his recovery at the Buffalo General Medical Center. Damar Hamlin has been released and returned to Buffalo. On Sunday, Hamlin posted pictures and updates on social media as he watched the Bills' regular season finale against the New England Patriots. Hamlin collapsed on the field during the Bills' game against the Cincinnati Bengals last week after suffering cardiac arrest. Physician says it's too early to know if Hamlin will be able to play football Again, they reiterated an update given last week that it appears Hamlin is neurologically intact. I'm Julio Flores. This is USA News. The holidays are here. Achieve gifting greatness when you give perfectly aged, tender, delicious Omaha Steaks. The steak experts at Omaha Steaks have curated special gift packages to take the guesswork out of gifting and make you a holiday hero. Go to omahasteaks.com and take advantage of 50% off site-wide. Plus, use code TREAT at checkout to get an additional $40 off your order. Send an assortment of mouth-watering favorites guaranteed to impress, like the legendary Butcher's Cut Filet Mignon, air-chilled boneless chicken, ultra Juicy burgers, even easy to prepare, ready in a flash comfort meals. Omaha Steaks is ready to ship your order right away, so shop early and beat the shipping rush. Go to omahasteaks.com and use promo code TREAT at checkout. Omaha Steaks is a gift from the heart, remembered with every unforgettable bite. Order with complete confidence today, knowing you're ordering the very best. Visit omahasteaks.com, get 50% off site wide, plus use promo code TREAT at checkout to get that extra $40 off your order. Minimum order may be required. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen, Sam Bushman on your radio. Hope you're all doing absolutely fantastic. I'm just chagrined 
at how your government is literally lying in your face. We have evidence to prove their lies. But now it's a battle of the media. We say they're lying. They say they're telling the truth. Who do you trust? Until Americans reject the mainstream press dishonest narrative, we're in trouble. The only way I know is to turn to new media sources, ladies and gentlemen. It's the only way I know. Let's just take critical race theory to make the point. Let's just take uh, some of the things going on in your government schools. I interviewed a guy by the name of Al Jackson, uh, who is a black man, a great guy, speaking out against critical race theory and more. And I interviewed him at the Eagle Forum. Here's the interview. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman continuing at Eagle Forum for the great state of Utah. We've now got a fascinating guest. His name is Al Jackson. Welcome to the broadcast, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be here, Sam. You bet. Kiss your mic. Talk a little louder, will you? Okay, I will. Thank Excellent. you. Excellent. There you go. Perfect. All right, tell me a little bit about you, Al. Okay, so my wife and I, Juline, we split time between Washington, D.C. and Utah. I work for a company called Dowdle Studios. I'm working with Eric Dowdle. I'm the president of his company. He is the folk artist that turns art into puzzles. My wife and I have been involved in the freedom movement since 2008 when we left Washington, D.C. and found the U.S. Constitution. We have five children, ages 27 to 15, and it all began with us teaching them principles of liberty during our family devotional, which is translated into what my wife and I do today. And, and we enjoy it and love being on that wall and, and, and fighting for freedom and liberty. All right, so just help people understand then, you're a, a black person, right? That is correct. And so you and, and liberty and critical race theory and all mixed up into one, huh? That is correct, yes. Now, tell me how that works, because you're not really supposed to be on the freedom side of this discussion, are you? <laughs> no, you know what? It comes from my roots. I mean, I, I was raised on a farm, and my grandpa believed in hard work, pers- perseverance, resilience, we were never allowed to use race as an excuse, and we were supposed to go to school, love God, and love our country, and that's how I was raised. And so it's just translated into my life because my, my parents grew up in the civil rights movement, and I, it would be a dishonor to them if I didn't honor their sacrifice and what they went through to stand on their shoulders and to move forward and, and to look for opportunity, not oppression. That's what their sacrifice meant for me, is to look for opportunity, not oppression. And so I'm not a victim. Amen to that. Now tell me, when you grew up on a farm, where? I grew up on a farm in Ladysmith, Virginia, which is about 90 minutes outside of Washington, D.C., south. Okay. So really going back and forth kind of takes you back home in a way, right? Absolutely. I love it. We still have a 55-acre farm there that my wife and I own. Wow. And why, why Utah? What brought you to Utah? You know what? We can, uh, So my wife's from Utah. We bought a house here back when they were giving away houses back in 2006. <laughs> no, 2004. And then we left D.C. in 2008 to go do a startup in the Pacific Northwest. And then once that was successful, we just we had a decision to make. We either can let's go to Utah and live in the house we bought there, or we can come back to D.C. And we decided to move to Utah in 2010. And you've been here ever since? Well, actually, we, we, we were there till 2016, and then we moved back east. But now that I'm working out here, I'm going back and forth on the airplane. And is your, your family's then back east then? Or? Yes, they are. They are. And do they like it better there? You know what? 
my my boys prefer Utah. My girls before prefer Washington D.C. because of the diversity. I understand. All right. So let's talk a little bit about then the critical race theory. You're here at the Eagle Forum today. Uh, you just got done speaking on the stage. Critical race theory, CRT versus freedom. Is it that black and white? You know what? It, it, it's been that's a great question, Sam. Because you know what? It is black and white because the notion of critical race theory wants to divide us by race as opposed to unifying us under the banner of freedom. And it's a false narrative being promoted that there is an oppressor group and a group that's oppressed. And it's a false narrative that the oppressor group uh, is born into that oppressor status and there's no way for them to get rid of it, huh? That That is correct, which is astounding considering... Because in America, yeah. there's always a way to improve. There's always a way forward. In that narrative, there's zero way forward for either side, right? That That is correct. Yep. And so nobody wants to be defined by the worst. And so the focus is let, let's focus on the birth defect of America that is slavery as opposed to how we move forward and how we came out of it based on those founding principles that all men are created equal. Now, we agree that slavery is evil and wrong. Because we stand up and say critical race theory is bogus and it's a trap, a, a, a deceptive communist dividing tactic, uh, that doesn't mean that we're okay with slavery, okay with anything of the sort, right? They want, they want you to believe somehow, because you're black, you're an Uncle Tom, because of me and I'm an apologist. None of that's true. None of that's true. Absolutely not. No, we're, no absolutely not. Um, the way forward is how then? How do we teach people? Because we don't control enough of the media. We don't uh, have enough Americans that understand this issue well enough to stand together. How do we win? You know what? We win by doing what my wife and I did back in when our kids were little. Very important what we did in our home was the family devotional. And so we got together with the kids from early their earliest moments they've been on earth to to gather them in, in a circle we read scriptures and we started incorporating principles of liberty back in 2007 into our family devotionals that's when my wife and i found the constitution so we 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 made an intentional effort because we wanted our kids to be part of the solution and not the problem we wanted them to understand and love america so we started teaching those principles and that's what we all have to do it all starts within the four walls of our home arming our kids with the truth so when they go out in the world they're armed with that knowledge and they can combat it and they can better discern truth from error when they hear it the premise is the family is the fundamental unit of society right that is correct that the family is the the core unit of any successful society is the family therefore the government should foster and protect its integrity you think we can get you to speak to Congress? I, 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 I'm in D.C. I'm actually going to be on the Hill on Tuesday meeting with uh, my, my good friend uh, Blake Moore and my other good friend Chris Stewart. So we need to keep singing these issues and talking about these things and singing them from the rooftops. All right. We need the Speaker of the House to give you a chance to speak. <laughs> that would be great, Sam. Absolutely. But we got Burgess back there and yes. uh, Blake and Chris and, and John Curtis. They're good guys. And we're making progress everywhere we go. That's right. So the interesting thing to me about this discussion 
Um, is the divide and conquer works so well because people don't get taught the other side of the discussion. They don't get taught the broader side of the discussion. And I'm going to tell you a little story that I hope kind of makes sense, and, and I want you to break it down for me. Here's the story. I'm a totally blind person, and I went to my door one day and opened my door, and a guy says, hey, you want to buy some of these things that I've got? And I said, you know what? I don't want to buy anything. I'm just not, I, I don't need to buy whatever. And, and then all of a sudden, my daughter walks up next to me. She's like 10 years old at the time, and she says, Dad, he's trying to shake your hand. Well, of course, I didn't know he was trying to shake my hand, so I just stood there, right? So then I put out my hand to shake his hand because now that I know, I'm going to shake his hand. He pulls his hand back, and he says, no, no. You don't need to shake my hand. It doesn't rub off, sir. And I'm like, what? <laughs> it doesn't rub off, sir. And anyway, bottom line is he walked away thinking that I wouldn't shake his hand because I was too good for him or that I was white. Uh, anyway, my daughter tells me that he was black after the fact. And so he was a, a solicitor at my door, and I just did not want to buy whatever he was selling. But at the end of the day, though, I didn't know that he wanted to shake my hand. And he then said it doesn't wash off, and he left kind of offended that I was somehow in a racial situation with him. Turns out he was the only racist. I would have shook his hand in a second if I'd known that his hand was out. Uh, he mistook it that I was a racist, not realizing that I was blind. When he finally realized that I was blind, he wouldn't accept it. He's kind of like, no, no, no. And what do you think of this story? It's a real one. That That's an incredible story. I mean, first of all, he didn't have all the information, but then when he did get the information, he still chose an interesting path, an, a path that's divisive, a path that doesn't unify us. So I, I feel sorry for him. And that I was a missed opportunity. My, my daughter just came up and she's like, Dad, because my daughter knows. And she's just, Dad, he's trying to shake your hand. Uh, the second I heard that, I put out my hand. I didn't think for a second. I just didn't know. That's all. Okay. I, I find that story fascinating. Yeah. When they say to me, Sam, because you're white, you were born the oppressor. And I think about that and think, how can that be? It's not even literally possible in my case, is it? No, not not absolutely. Why, why would you? So, so why would you be responsible for something that happened three, four, five hundred years ago? But but even so, though, I yeah. wouldn't even know what color he is. Yeah, I wouldn't be able to oppress if I tried to, right? Right, absolutely. How would I know? No, no, you didn't know. Okay, so it's fascinating. Uh, the other thing that people bring up to me oftentimes too is they say, "Sam, do you really know what color you are?" Well, I believe that I'm white because I've been told I've been white my whole life, right? But do I really know how? I guess you wouldn't know unless somebody told you. But what yeah, difference but what, does it what make? What if they're lying? Oh, that's that's a good point. But what difference does it make? It makes no difference. That right. is the quintessential point, sir. Right. All right, we've got to heal this land, and I think we can do it by honest Americans who believe in God, family, and country standing together. Yeah. Is that the best way? I think it's the best way. And, and the first word you mentioned was God. We God is the great unifier. God is the problem solver. God should be in everything that we do. All right. I'm a racist, and I think you're a racist, too. Now, give me a chance to explain and see if you agree. Are you ready? Yep. Bill Gates and everybody wants us to become cyborgs. They want us to somehow merge our minds with technology. They believe we're hackable animals, Al. Have you heard this? I have. Yeah, I have heard this. Okay, it's crazy talk, in my humble opinion. However, I've decided that I guess I'm a racist because I want the human race, not the <laughs> cyborg race. And so I guess I'm a racist in that I believe we're all God's children. And my only question left is when are we going to behave like it? <laughs> I think we're going to be probably behave like it when the Savior comes back. But until then, yes, that's what makes us unique as humans. And it's okay. It's okay.
The best part of us all, though, is that we can realize that we're all one human race, though. We're, we're all of God. God birthed us who we are. I don't think it's a problem for any of us to be proud of our heritage. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I, don't, I agree with that. And, you know, this whole notion about white guilt is, is empty calories to me, means nothing to me, doesn't pay my bills. The only thing you owe me is to love me as a brother just as God intended. That's it. All right. There's a lot more speaking out and standing up as we get the word out. Uh, who do you find to be the biggest advocates for the truth? Wow, that's a great question. I, I, uh, you, of course. I love Glenn Beck. Yes. I think he is. He's been called to God to do what he's doing. Jason Whitlock on Fearless. Yeah. He has become one of my favorite people. He's on the Blaze Network, and he moved to Tennessee and left the corporate media, and he comes from the sports world. And I listen to his podcast every single day. He's one of my heroes. All right. How about Candace? Oh, I love Candace. I love Candace. I think Candace is great. I, I think she lives in the D.C. area. It would be wonderful to meet her one day. I, I think that needs to happen for sure. You know, where I really cracked my teeth on this stuff, believe it or not, was in the late 90s. Pat Buchanan was running for president in 2000. And a friend of mine, he's an advocate of the South. He's an advocate of uh, Southern heritage and this kind of stuff. And uh, so they tried to attack him for being a racist. But it turns out he was working on the uh, Buchanan campaign with a lady by the name of Azula Foster. Do you know who she is? I do not. Anyway, great lady. She was a black lady. He was a white guy. And they all worked on uh, Pat Buchanan's campaign together so successfully the media didn't know what to do with it. And I think that's how we win is we just work together for God, family, and country. Uh, And you know what? Let the chips fall where they may and pretty soon – They'll be out of words. There won't be anything left because of our actions, right? You you nailed it, Sam. That's absolutely right. Keep doing what you're doing, bro. We need you on that wall. All right, sir. We appreciate you and all that you do. Thanks for coming to the Eagle Forum. Thanks for your speeches and for your advocacy. Tell your family hello for me, will you? God bless you. All right, sir. Thanks Thanks so much. Bye-bye. You are listening to Liberty Roundtable Live. Why does the left lie constantly? Because they get spiritual power from lying. The lies come from Satan, the father of lies. John 8, 44. Here's how the political lying process works. Satan provides the beast with a lie. Then the more they use the lie, the more spiritual power they get. Look, the media is a lie multiplier, and this multiplication gives more evil, spiritual power to the beast. And that can overwhelm and even deceive the body of Christ, especially when the body is being disobedient to the head. The churches today are incorporated, so they're subordinate to human government. They obey the beast and do nothing to restore our national relationship with God. And the government shall be on his shoulders, Isaiah 9, 6. That verse is not for the present-day church. Rather, it is for the end-time church, the body of the Lion of Judah. A message from Christ Kingdom Ministries. Why don't we say to the government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less? Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better have a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's going to do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans. Who are they? Democrats. Who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money. So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt, and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? 
The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency. Oh, man, that was a fantastic interview with Al Jackson, ladies and gentlemen, telling the tale of truth. That's what happens with good, honest Americans stand shoulder to shoulder for the sacred cause of liberty. Stand for the truth, shall the truth shall make us free. Wow, you got to love it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I got an American Family Association AFA action alert. It's a sad tale, but truth. In the left's new America. Stand with Christ and you'll pay a price. Yeah, and the left's new America. Stand with Christ and you'll pay a price. That's what happened to a young lady. Jesus warns us, folks, in John 15, 18, if the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hates you, says Jesus Christ. Boy, howdy, is he spot on on that. Wow. The Son of God is right, as always. Uh, but uh, listen to this. There's a girl by the name of Jaylene Daniels. And she was a world-class soccer player. Uh, she lives in Denver. She earned top honors in her high school, college, and her professional career. But then, of course, Jaylene did the unforgivable, ladies and gentlemen. She took a, a stand for Christian principles. Yeah. That put her at odds with the dominant view in the sports world. Yeah, she took a stand for Christian principles that put her at odds with the dominant view in the, quote, sports world. That is, it says this, all things gay and transgender must be celebrated. Well, this awesome young lady said, uh-uh, not going there, not going to do that. In 2017, Jaylene refused to play for the U.S. national team when they wore rainbow-colored numbers during, quote, Pride Month. She refused. She said, I'm not doing that. She's not trying to be mean or to persecute or anything, people who disagree with her or people who live lives that she doesn't agree with. She just doesn't want to be the poster child for them. Then, while playing for the North Carolina Courage, it's a, quote, professional soccer team, she made the same decision about the, quote, team's Pride Night celebration last summer. Criticism, of course, was hot and heavy, but Jaylene said that although her love runs deep for all of her teammates, she says, I remain committed to my faith. Homosexual activists, of course, demanded that the team management get rid of Jaylene. They got their way last October when the team refused to renew Jaylene's contract. Yeah. The uh, website, it's called Outsports.com, a news outlet for the gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender agenda gloated afterwards in an op-ed piece 
Jaylene cut by the courage. After her continued anti-gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender actions. Now, was Jaylene anti-gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender, etc.? Of course not. But you know what? Unless you are seen as faithful to their beliefs, you're a bigot. All right? So you are a bigoted person if you're not faithful to their beliefs. Now think about that. Jaylene didn't attack them, didn't have any hate, didn't do anything of the sort. She just said, I'm not going to celebrate your agenda, and I'm not going to be the poster child for your agenda. I love you. I'll be kind to you. I'll be gentle to you, but I will not betray my faith. And in our new America, Christians who are faithful to their beliefs are seen as hateful and bigoted, and she literally got shut down. Think about this. What are we going to do, folks? We need Americans to stand up. She did not do anything abusive, do anything hostile, do anything hate-filled. She did not attack them in any way. She did not speak out against them. She just refused to, pardon the pun, carry their ball. In America, you stand for Christ and you pay the price. Well, ladies and gentlemen, let me make this very clear. I have love for all of God's children. I have kindness and patience and will treat them with dignity and respect to the best of my ability. But I will not. I'm going to say this again. I will not go along with their agenda. Okay, I, like Jaylene Daniels, will stand up for my beliefs. I don't have to agree with your beliefs, and I do not have to carry your ball. Yes, I can be kind and loving and patient and forgiving. Yes, I can realize you're God's children also. That's good, right? But I do not have to carry your ball. I don't have to do those things. I don't have to do those things. And neither does this young lady. But we will pay a price because that's America today. When there's not enough Americans standing with us, then we get crushed. Right? Well, ladies and gentlemen, you must decide as well. Will you go along to get along? Will you promote this agenda with the gay, lesbians, bisexual, or will you stand against them? Now, here's the problem. She is not even trying to stand against them. She just said, I will not carry their ball. And for that, she lost her contract. For me, I was offered a great contract on radio to be a well-known nationally syndicated host but the guy, the gentleman that offered me the position said, if you got to stop talking about God so much, Sam. If you agree to quit talking about God so much, we'll put you on the air. There's just no place. And he said this. There's no place in commercial radio 
as opposed to Christian radio. There's no place for commercial radio to really talk about Christ like you do all the time. Uh, so you want to stop talking about Christ and have this job? And I said, no. If Christ is out, I'm out. And I look at the hero that Jaylene Daniels is. She gave up her contract. I gave up a contract. Glenn Beck gave up a contract. Jesus warns in John 15, 8. I'm sorry, 15, 18. So John 15, 18. If the world hates you, know that it it has hated me first or before it hated you. That's the quintessential point. And I, for one, want to stand in the testimony of Jesus Christ. I believe in Christ. I testify he lives. I testify he died on the cross and was resurrected. And I I, uh, testify that he has issued a clarion call to me. Pick up that cross and come follow me. And I want to be a disciple of Christ. I want to follow his lead. I want to keep his commandments. And if they uh, attack me for standing with Shailene Daniels, uh, I want to uh, stand tall. I don't want to wither. I don't want to shrink. I want to double down. Her name is Jaylene Daniels, professional soccer player who didn't persecute anyone. She just said, I will not carry your ball. And they literally destroyed her career. No doubt a Christian like that with courage, even though she gets fired from the Courage soccer team. A leader like that with courage will land on her feet just like Tim Tebow and others have done. And like I will do. I commend her. And I encourage you to make your stand now. If enough of us made our stand, we wouldn't be in this position, would we? God save the Republic of the United States of America. America.